Some say that alongside this see-it-to-believe-it world is the shadowy realm of the supernatural. Sometimes the residents of that dimension touch us, and in one moment, our lives are changed forever. America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, Mary Ann Pohl, is your real ghost chatter host. On this podcast, you'll hear stories by real people who have seen real ghosts. Once in a while, Mary Ann will podcast a tale taken from the genre she loves best, the supernatural. Welcome to today's Real Ghost Chatter episode. Welcome to Real Ghost Chatter. I'm Marianne Paul, America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, a charter member of a wonderful group of authors called Author Masterminds, and your host of Real Ghost Chatter. Rosella C. Rowe is back again. This girl never stops having experiences. I'm telling you guys, and I'm really excited <laughs> yeah, to have, yeah, and I'm really excited to have her here. As you know, she is a ghost hunter and paranormal thriller author of the novel 2095 based on a true story and is currently writing 9-11 Emergency. Rosella lives in Ohio and is the writer of a well-known blog, My Haunted Travel Blog. Stay tuned and Rosella will tell you where you can find her blog at the end of the show and other places you can contact her also. Rosella has years of ghost hunting experience and investigation experience in the paranormal field, traveling around the U.S. to the most haunted historic locations and writing about them in her blog. She prides herself on telling the real story and the truth regarding her experiences with spirits encountered in historic locations, as well as the legends that surround the entities. Hello, Rosella, and welcome back. Hello. Hi. (laughs) I know you have at least three stories. I hope we can get to today. I'm not going to even promise that. Right. We're going to try to get to three, the first of which is about a little girl in white. Yes. So basically, this is what I, because people always ask me, like, how did you know you were a medium? And this is the story that I kind of tell them, and it really seems to freak people out. But I feel it's a beautiful, passionate, like, emotional story. I'll jump right in. I was driving down a road pretty pretty close to where I live, and I've lived all my life. I've lived in Troy, Ohio for uh, pretty much, like, over 30 years, not including, you know, going to college and coming back. But basically, the house, the 2095 house, was down the street, basically, from this spot where I was driving by. And I've lived there my whole life, and I've gone through this intersection, actually, too, oh, probably four to six times even a day. Because to go anywhere, you have to go through this intersection. So um, I'm driving down the road, which is Swales in Troy, Ohio, and I'm driving towards the intersection of Peters and Swales. And so this is a cross intersection. And if I go straight, I would actually head towards my house, 2095, or even like past that, I would where I live today. So I'm driving down the road, and I have two of, the kid, two of my kids in the car. They were both under the age of seven back then. This is about three years ago. All of a sudden... This little girl dressed in a white lace dress that's like really, you know how like white lace like turns kind of like um like a creamish brown almost when it's old and faded. Uh So that's what she was wearing and it looked like a Victorian white lace dress and she screamed and then jumped right in front of my car from the road, like out of a forest right into in front of my road so i'm driving um a black honda pilot and i'm in this road is really busy i mean it's always constant traffic and i didn't even think about it i just stopped i got out 
and I went to go look for her and I never found her. And I heard a child in the end like whimpering and crying on the side of my car where she had leapt from. And I'm looking around and I didn't even see, you know, like a foot, you know how you like, it's like big tall grasses. And so when you step on it, it's going to compress down from where someone stood. Never saw anything of that. There's no evidence of anyone even being there. And I look at my kids in the car and they're looking at me odd, like, you know, what does she stop for? What happened? <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world? So I, I yell, Are you guys crying? You know, yell, like asking them a question in the car because my door was still open to my car and they could hear me and they're like, no, no, what are you talking about? So I get in the car and then I look at them and I'm like still like just overwhelmed thinking that I just hit someone and of course it was a child. She looked like she was about the age of 12. And I said, didn't you see the little girl? You know, she jumped out, out from basically the side of the road in front of my car. Like, where'd she go? Did you guys see her? And they look at the, each other and look back at me. You know, they were afraid to answer me to say no because they thought like, you know, I'd be mad maybe or, you know, well, why is mommy crazy? And why is mommy crazy? <laughs> Pretty much. And I'm like... Well, okay. So then, yeah, they finally, they say, no, no. And they're looking at each other really odd. Like, mom, what did you see? And I'm like, okay. Well, then I see, I remember that there's a cemetery that is basically, it used to be located on the Swales and Peters intersection that they picked all, all the bodies up and moved them down the road. So I had just passed it, but where I had passed it from the forested area, where she had jumped out from in that back area there, that was where it was. So I turned the car, like did a quick U-turn, turned the car around and went down this. Now I have lived here my whole life and I've never been down there. I see the sign all the time that says like Thomas Cemetery, which is what they named it and then moved all the bodies to, but I'd never been down there. So I'm going down this grassy way and everything, trying to find this thing, like not knowing what I'm going to find. And all the while, I'm just like, well, maybe I can help this little girl. Maybe this is what I'm seeing. Like, am I crazy? That kind of thing. And I stop the car and I get out and I tell the children that I'm going to just like look at this because I've always been curious and never seen it before. Something like that. And I get out. I stand in front of my Honda Pilot and I see the little girl and she's waving and looking at me and she's running behind like playing hide and seek and like hiding behind all the faded gro- the, the gravestones and markers and just giggling and laughing and our dress is just blowing in the wind and she was just having a great time interacting because somebody could see her right. somebody could actually interact with and see her she had said to me where's my mother where's my father and oh my. i felt really my heart just went out oh, you know yeah child and and I looked at my kids and I could tell they didn't they didn't see her so you know I just watched her play for about 10 minutes she giggled and she laughed going from me like gravestone to gravestone and just oh this is so much fun she was having a great time and she was just happy to have someone interact with her and see her and then all of a sudden she went over to the forest line she waved at me and I could feel she was saying goodbye you know and it was really emotional experience. Up till then, I had seen some stuff, but mostly in my in my old house. So this was like 20 years later. I had shut all that off, so I couldn't really have anything come through. And then all of a sudden, I must have just been open enough because I was writing the book. I think that's why, because I was getting all my emotions and all my experiences out. Right. And I think that's why, she, you know, she could come to me so easily and I could see her. But yeah, she just waved and then she disappeared into the forest. 
but I could feel that she appreciated me going and taking my time and doing that. And I got in the car and, you know, a tear was rolling down my cheek and I got in the car and I said to the kids, did you see that? Did you see a little girl? And they said, no, no. And they looked at me, of course, like I was crazy again. Of course. (laughs) So I was like, wow, this is like a huge experience. And after I had that one and more started coming more and more and more things. But basically, that's how I really, really found out and dealt with the fact that I was who I was. I was different. And there was now no denying that. That was kind of my stamp in the ground moment of this is happening, this is who I am. And I can't say, like, I didn't experience that, you know? Right. Really defined moment. Did you Um, see a full body apparition with her, obviously? I did. I mean, like she was a real person, obviously, because she thought you hit her. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it was so crazy when she went, like, she, like, went underneath, because I have, like, I, I like to call these, like, you know, Honda Pilots, uh, more like sport utes, like Jeeps, you know, mm-hmm. so you, it was like she jumped out, and then she was just, like, underneath my car, mm-hmm. so it really freaked me out, I was scared to death, because all of a sudden, I just heard this child, like, and then I saw someone leaping, and white, you know, but yeah, it was like, she was there, right in front of me, right. Yeah, wow. she had like long blonde hair. The dress was very old looking. I mean, it's like when you turn on an old, like really old fashioned kind of movie kind of thing, you know that you're seeing that kind of style. And the lace was like, yeah, very, very faded, very old. Like you could tell it used to be white, but now so, it was definitely like a creamish. Brownish. Yeah, so that, I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about when lace gets old and hasn't been washed. Yeah. 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 It has, yeah, it looks stained. Exactly. Right. Wow. It was very interesting. I think one, well, without the kids, I went back another time and I did see a grave. I think it said it was a little girl who had died at the age of 12. And I can't remember the name because it's three years ago. I think it was like Elizabeth, but I can't remember. Uh, actually, our town got a grant a few years ago and fixed up the whole graveyard as like a memorial to those past original Troy settlers because that's who they were. So they're all like 1800s graves. Wow. So, like 17 to 1800s. Uh-huh. It's, it's the founders of our town. So it's pretty amazing. Oh, that's really, really neat. I don't know why she disappeared the way she did it. You've never, you didn't see her again, right? No, I actually, cause it was, it was in the summer, uh, right about this time. And I, th- I thought about it the other day too, when I was going past, cause I'd still take that road about four times a day to get my kids anywhere. I go to the store, you have to take it. Mm-hmm. Especially now with all these construction things, that road, you really have to take it cause a lot of them are closed, but that, it, and also that intersection. I've gone through that my whole life and it does not look like it ever used to be a cemetery. There's a creek that even runs on the side. I mean, it's just nuts. So I bet you where these people's houses are now are definitely, that was like the graveyard. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's very spooky. And actually, I'll tell you at one time, my husband, actually, he was driving home really late. Like he was a teenager from Kroger where we used to work. And he told me that um, he almost ran off the road right there one time. So that road is like the infamous don't fall into the creek. <laughs> you know, like you're gone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> road. So that always terrified me when I learned what it was. You know, I remember his story because we were just dating. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And, and I actually, I put it on my blog recently and then somebody down the street, because I bike all the time through the neighborhood, he stopped me and he's like, I never knew that. I never knew that. I had to look up the cemetery. I never knew that was there. And I've lived here my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, people really don't. I have lived here my whole life. You know, I'm 41. I've never gone back there. So it was just nuts. That is but really cool. To Mansfield. Oh, yeah. The firehouse, oh. right? 
You can get that in. Yeah, so this is nuts. Um, so I'm friends with Bobby Shook, and he's the owner of the museum. He, like, takes care of it and all that kind of stuff. And I go see him every chance I get. Oh, my God. Funny and ornery as heck, but hysterically funny. He's, like, in his 70s. Such a funny person and so caring and loving. I went and I brought my friends. It's like the the fifth time I'd gone since basically December, well, maybe even before that. And I brought all my girlfriends. So I brought my friend Missy, who's a romance novelist in Kentucky, who writes paranormal romance and other romances. She has like 20 books. <laughs> um, so she's got so much stuff. I couldn't even go through her her history of career, but... Her name's Missy, and so I brought her, and she's had some paranormal things that she's kind of, like, been paid with her family or whatever when they've been on vacation. Like, oh, this is haunted. Let's take this haunted tour or excursion or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's had things happen. I knew something would come through probably if she was around because she is a believer. Like, and if you walk into this museum, if you're not a believer or you're a skeptic, nothing's happening to you that night. Nothing. So don't even bother going if you're going to throw out the skeptic card because it's not going to happen for you. And then you, you ruin everybody else's moment. Like, it really ticks me off because there was one person who came and he was a big skeptic and he's a very nice gentleman but nothing happened all night long and things could be flying off the walls in this place so nothing happening was like wow we all took our time to be here so that's not cool (laughs) no no it's not don't come yeah like i'm and i leave my house away from my kids it's serious to me (laughs) (laughs) well my thought is getting out i want action (laughs) i'm surprised these ghosts aren't hitting people upside the head (laughs) i know actually this place i'm really surprised too but these men who reside there they're like past firefighters and bobby worked with all of them because he's a retired firefighter for like over 40 some years and he runs the boards he runs all the stuff you know he's in charge and so they really respect him and they come out for any visitor he really brings in that kind of thing you know but yeah you have to be be a believer so i knew misty was going to be great and then my friend janice who's harry's daughter from victorian house She's had several things happen in Victorian House and her own home. I've been there and witnessed it. Uh, her grandparents come through, and I tell you, her grandmother can fight with her about so many funny things. It's hysterical. <laughs> but she wore these shoes to this wedding, and she would not let it go how she should not have worn these blue shoes. Oh, my God. It was so funny. So I knew she was good. And then Laura, my other friend, she has, she basically feels presences. And her, her uncle Gilbert, who she's been on my show several times, he comes through and pretty much resides in her house. He's always telling her basically what to do, you know, like for <laughs> telling her to, you know, like do this, do that. And good, you know, he's watching and guiding. But yeah, so we had basically 25 spirits who came through that. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. I had just gotten rods to take to Victorian house, oddly. And I was supposed to go in like four days. And then my friend said, hey, get those out and, and use them. And I'm like, oh, okay. I never thought of that. So it wasn't exactly my mission, but I ended up doing it. And man, I'm glad because I could feel the energy pulsating through these rods. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was so much positive, pure energy in that room. I mean, nothing negative. And it was really awesome. Like all of our relatives came through. So Janice's, both her grandparents came through. Plus her boyfriend's grandparents came through talking about the <laughs> Laura's uncle came through and her grandparents. Then Misty had the same kind of thing where her parents are both gone. So they came through. Very interesting. And then my whole family, my, my family's huge. It's just like, they just line up. Just like Victorian House. They did the same thing. It was like, you could feel the lineup of people waiting. <laughs> to talk and then the firemen were coming out but there's above all there's this coat that is this jacket a fireman's old coat that is hanging from the back of fire truck that bobby used to to be on the back he ran the ladder 
and drove like some of it. So anyway, I don't know how that exactly works, but that's the, you know, the truck he worked on. Mm-hmm. And he worked with this guy and basically he goes up to the coat and he asked the coat to swim back and forth. Like, like, hey man, move that coat. I introduced you to your second wife, man. Do me this favor. Hey, <laughs> let's go get a beer. Remember when you used to get beer at the bar? No, no. And he's so funny. He, he like has all these, you know, old, you know, Vietnam stories and stuff like that too. So all these things that they talk about, well, he just starts talking with the guy. The coat moves every time. Huh. Well, that night, the guy was telling me he had no energy to move the coat, but he kept trying. Oh, bless his heart, he kept trying like 30 times, this guy. Oh. But he was moving the rods and thanking me for being able to have something easy to do because he says that takes a little, like very little energy. And that's why they work so well. And in my hand, especially my right, I mean, my left hand, I could feel the energy. Just, it was like you touched an electric wire going through your hand once in a while. Mm-hmm. holding onto the rod. It was incredible. I tell you, people were fighting to get through. And then this other guy came through. He was a little grumpy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He was just like, this is my space. Kind of get out. So we were respectfully left that room. And then we went to another room that is the room they use for their training. They bring children in there, flood the room with like, like fake smoke, like steam. Mm-hmm. And then tell the children how to get down and crawl out. So it's, it's a teaching, you know, they call it a classroom. And uh, tons of schools come in for field trips and they do this. It's a really great program and it's all free. So in this place, though, I have been there several times and I've always had the same thing happen. Where somebody goes to the back two rooms, it's all a fake house. So there's two back back bedrooms and then there's a long hallway. And then there's this like, you know, like living area attached to this open kitchen kind of area. And every single time somebody will be in the rooms, they'll talk and then... The spirit will like, people will see a green glowing orb, not really even orb, it kind of looks like a piece of spaghetti, (laughs) I would say, that is green and electric, lit up, that it dims, it comes back bright, it dims, it comes back bright, That and it flies, like they can see it out just outside the room in this little window area, like you can see a window outside this room and you can see it. So that happens first. And then they'll like light up the REM pod in the room, then come down the hall, light that one up, and then go straight into the kitchen and light my devices up in the kitchen, which is usually my EMF, and say a few words to me, and then just kind of like do it again or be gone. I've always wondered who this is. I've always felt like it was a male. I was determined that night to find out. Now, Misty had an ovulus. My friend Janice had one. And then Bobby let me have one, which I gave to my friend Laura while I used the rods. Now, let's stop real quickly and explain to people what an ovulus is. And they so, probably won't need okay. to know what EMF means. EMF is like, oh, I don't know how to even, it's like electric. It's electric magnetic field, right? Yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's not like their, their go-to of wanting to light that up because I think it is harder for them. I also have these little cat balls that I bring and they love those. So I place those in the hallway too. Okay. And then they play with those. Um, so yeah. And then the ovulus is basically, it already has like a programmed English dictionary in there. And they literally just search for words they want to say, the, the entity to you. And then it'll, it'll go off and say that word. Mm-hmm. So let's say it's Victoria. It'll say Victoria. Mm-hmm. However, no, no ovuluses usually work in sync. They will very extremely rarely I'm talking less than 1% normally in a normal investigation, go off saying the same thing mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, this night, all night, it did. All three of them, anywhere they were, anyone who had them, it was insane. 
Hmm. So basically, I found out that this was a little boy. He told me he shot himself twirling a gun in front of his friends in the basement Hmm. of his home. And he killed himself by accident. And he was with his brother who wanted to be with him in his death to guard and guide him. And they were just living in this, like, you know, not really living, but they were residing in this house, this fake house, uh, basically, because they liked it and they liked Bobby. They liked everybody who came. And it was very, you know, it was very emotional. And I felt so bad. I kept trying to lead them to the light and tell them to go home to heaven because that's where they should be in my thought. Mm -hmm. But then they were telling me that they didn't want to because this was their happy place. And then I thought, who am I to tell you where to go and what to do? You know, so I guess it's like a different perspective of, you know, just, yeah, like what you, what you think in the moment, because I was trying to lead them to the light and they sure they didn't want to go. And they were like, we don't want to leave Bobby. We don't want to leave these people because we love them and they're our family now and all this stuff. And we're like, well, you can see your family in heaven. And well, by golly, they just didn't want to go. And they didn't, they stayed apparently. And so we left and they kept like asking us, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. And we're like, well, we got to, we needed to take a break, right? So <laughs> yeah. We walk out of the museum and I'm like, wow, that was incredible. I mean, it was like a half an hour session. It was just so mind blowing. All the stuff I could see with the rods in my hands, it was such a different perspective because I could see more. I could see like, like a whole kind of like, I used to kind of call it snippet and clip it of like a little bit of a video of, of the past mm-hmm. th- situation that happened to lead to someone's death. Mm-hmm. But this, this went way longer. I mean, I had like five minutes and it came to me really, really quick. Hmm. It was like bolts of lightning of information, but it was so much faster than what I normally do without them. Which wow. I've heard that for mediums, that's true. Because I have another medium friend who's been kind of like mentoring me and she's really awesome and told me, oh yeah, well, that's why. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to use these all the time. This is so awesome. Because <laughs> um, you get so much, you know, so it's clarity. It's so, it's fast and it's, you know, this is what happened. This is why this is happening. And I love validation. So it was really cool. Yeah. But we left and we went out for our little break, which we thought we were going to take, but we, we never got that break. I was like, I've always not liked this one bathroom that's attached to the bingo hall. But I thought Bobby locked up the other one that I normally go to because we were the only people in the building and bingo was over. So I was like, okay, I've got to go to this other one. And it's a huge bathroom. I mean, it's like a football fieldish kind of bathroom long. It's big. And I just don't like it. And I've always felt like a weird presence in there that I, I just don't want to figure out what it is and get my drift. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to think about this. So I look at Janice and I'm like, come with me to the bathroom because no one else wanted to go. It was a far away trek and you know, everybody else was talking. I didn't want to take them away. So she's like, okay, all right. So we go and I had the rods with me and I put them down on the counter and I walked into the stall. And immediately the bathroom, I'm in the bathroom, has 24, probably 25 bathroom stalls. And the toilet that I walk into turns on, like starts running. Uh-huh. The only one. And I'm like, oh, man. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, like use the toilet really fast. They leave, right? And let's get out of here. So I, I did. And Janice said, did that toilet just turn on, you know, kind of thing? And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. So, you know, I, yeah, I did my stuff and then I get out, right? She goes, I hear her go, and I'm walking out and pushing the door open. I can still see it to this day. So if I pick these up, what will happen? Can anyone use these? And she picked them up before I could even say a thing. And that's when it all broke loose. 
I felt it. It was just sitting there waiting. A demon literally boom right through the wall. Oh, no. And I was like, it was just, pro- it was waiting for her to do it. Oh. And, you know, curiosity killed the cat, you know. And I just was like, oh, my God. I looked at her and she looked at me because she can feel stuff. And she goes, oh, no. And I'm like, run. And she knew that if the medium says run, it's like really run, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we ran. So we got, I ran to Bobby. I literally like ran into his arms. And I'm just like, what do we do? This is insane. Nothing evil ever resides here. So he's like, oh, not in my building. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> like, okay, we got to get rid of this. Okay, Bobby's on my side. So like, and I have had to do a few banishes of instances you know like i've talked to you about barry before he's a demonologist mm-hmm. and stuff and so he's taught me things to do if really absolutely needed but this was really bad so i was like i felt terrible that now my friend in a way not by any of her fault this thing was brought in because they you know it wanted her mm-hmm. and that was stuck in his building and i felt that was my fault plus i didn't want her driving home at like two in the morning nope. when something could happen to her Right. she's single. Oh, that all these things, you know, all these motherish things were running through my head. Right. So it was like, oh, God. So I made everybody come with me because my friend Laura was like, no, no, I'm going to stay out here. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. We'll be in there banishing it. And then it will come and attack you and attach to you. So you can't do that. Oh, okay. And she looked at me. She's like, all right, I'm, uh, I'm with you. Let's, let's just do this and get this done. Mm-hmm. So we go into the bathroom. And we're like, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we're praying and screaming at it to be like, you're banished, get out, get out, as Bobby kicks every single stall open. Like, boom, in the name of Jesus Christ, do this, pray, and everybody says it, and we went down the row of girls. We did this for 25 minutes until we felt it leave. So you know where it was hiding? In the, the stall that I was in. Of course. Of course <laughs> it was. Which was the second to last stall. Mm-hmm. And Bobby goes, it's this one, isn't it? And he looked at me and I said, yeah, it's that one. So he wow. kicked it in and we all did the same thing. And then we just felt a release. Like it was like immediate energy release of we can breathe. There's peace. And it's the way it should have been. And <laughs> Janice looked at me and I'm like, oh. So, <laughs> that was I awful. I forgot to mention this. Okay. So because right before we went in, I asked the rods because I know everyone's angels need of protection. I know them. And of course, I would be the only one who knew them in that, you know, those people that night. And they were coming through all the ovuluses at the same time. And I asked, like, with my rods, like, are you here to protect because of this entity? And they all said yes. And then basically her angel, who was Veronica, came through and it was, she was saying that she was here because that demon was going to latch to her and hurt her that night. So that's when we went into the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So the good thing is after that, once it was over, the ovulus came through saying all of the angels' names again and then said peace, like it was gone. And then Great. I asked them through the rods again, and are they gone? Is Janice going to be okay? All that. And everything was yes. So it was good, but whoa, crazy. And then it doesn't stop. We went into Bobby's office after that for him to tell a story of the past to the other girls who hadn't heard it. And the little boy that we were talking to before, mm-hmm. we heard him laughing and running through the hall right outside the door it was so loud he was like, ah! like just so loud mm. um a little boy and i was like oh that's who it is he came out to see us because remember he had said don't leave he didn't want us to leave right so, it was this really amazing night it was crazy mind-blowing but now i know don't let anybody touch your rods because 
people say that that has your energy on it and you need to cleanse them after anyone touches them. And I never really understood it because, of course, that was the first night I ever used them. I didn't mm-hmm. expect to have such a mind-blowing energetic night. But, yes. So, I mean, curiosity, I know. Don't pick them up, though. <laughs> don't pick them up. Flourish with your mistake. Note to self, will not do that. <laughs> we'll never do yeah, that. Yeah, like, you have to have your own. And... And I've talked to a few people and they're like, oh yeah, I mean, they feel the same way about their angel cards and stuff. And I'm like, well, I, and I don't like people to touch mine either. I just kind of always felt like there's a, you know, a, a, you know, like one of those intuition things. Right. Of don't, don't do that. But I couldn't answer her in time. She already picked him up. Right. Well, you didn't have a choice at that point. Yeah. You know, I will say the name of Jesus is absolutely powerful. Go, it know, sure is. It's the Every most powerful thing finished. ever. I mean, Jesus Christ yeah. is the most powerful human ever that lived and is now still alive but what i'm saying yeah that yeah. name will banish him right away mm-hmm. yeah every single time i've had to do it it just it works i mean but you have to all like scream it at at it basically scream at the entity to leave and tell it it's banished in his name and then i say i say a prayer behind it every time mm-hmm. and I make, yes i don't just do it i make them do it too like so every person we go down the line i'm so bombing you- it too. In agreement is what you're telling me. You're in agreement. Yeah, we have to yep. be in the same mentality and energy and you're going to go. You're yep. going. Mm-hmm. Like there is no choice. You're out. Right. But I wanted to get his building back. I felt terrible. <laughs> I'm like, we can't leave this thing here. I mean, the bathroom was already scary to begin with, man. So I'm like, I can't do this to poor Bobby. But he was so funny. He's like, oh, hell no. Uh-uh. This is not, this is my building. No thing comes like this in front of my building. You know, you're my girls. So he's so sweet and protective. And, and very brave, you, man. He kissed in the cheek after that. I'm like, man, thank you, God. He is a yeah. very courageous man. He really yeah. is. He's seen yep. some serious stuff in the war. I'm like, you know, he can do, he could take anything out. So, I mean, it was great that everybody was on the same mentality and team and wanting to do it. So mm-hmm. without that, God knows what would have happened. And, you know, I really worried about Janice going back alone at two in the morning by herself. So, you yeah, know. these things aren't something to play with. I agree with that. Totally. And, you know, people, a lot of people take think demons are cute and comical things because that's what they're portrayed as a lot of times in the media and tv they are not this is a life and death thing you're talking about yes it's really terrifying and then knowing you have two little kids to go home to i was yeah they they can't kill you per se because only god has that power you know to he knows when we're going to go but literally they can make it so that you are sick enough or whatever to die you know yes i would not mm -mm, no that's something i'm so glad you got rid of it Yes, me too. I mean, that was a really defined night. Very crazy. Um, we're going back, actually, the 26th, uh, all of us again, and we'll see what happens. But nobody will touch thy rods but me. <laughs> Everybody back off from the rods. Yeah, it's like, that's right. Really back away. <laughs> Put down the shovel, back away from the hole. Yeah. Yes. Like, all right. Oh, my God. So, that is so okay. great. So tell me about the pets. The pets. Real quickly. Really interesting. Okay. So I went to this woman's home. I was doing a normal reading on her and I've known her for a while. Just doing a normal reading. And well, her cat, Pumpkin, came through. 
and was telling her stuff, you know, in a voice. Like, meow, meow, I love you, you're my mommy, I come see you. And she was telling me how she loved the basement. And then the owner was saying, well, this is basically where the cat lived, was the basement, because she disliked it. I ended up having to put all of her stuff down there. But the cat would be like, I'm, I sleep with you every night. It was really comforting. I mean, if people ever wonder where their animals go after they've passed, and they would think, well, does they come, do they come visit? Do they come check on me? Like, just like humans, they do. Yep. Um, this animal was literally at her feet, which me and my daughter, who happened to be with me at that day, she she was there with me for other reasons because of where we were before, but she was there. And she can see spirit animals, she always is telling me. So, especially cats. Well, we both saw this cat that was black at her feet. And it's so funny. So her living dog was at her other foot. Like, so the dog who had never met the cat, it got up and it started barking at the cat, at the spirit cat. <laughs> and then the woman looked at me and she's like, well, what's going on? Like, what? She's dog's never done this. What's going on? I said, no, oh, you know, she's barking at pumpkin because she never met her. And she's like, oh my God, how do you know that? And I'm like, well, I mean, I can see it. Plus she told me that she never met this dog. She wants her dog to understand that you're, you know, that's her mommy too. So it was really interesting. This went on for 15 minutes. The wow. cat kept coming through saying like things that she would tell me. Yeah, that's true. So it turned out the cat's ashes were upstairs in her room, had a big connection to the mommy, the house, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it was like, no wonder it kept coming back. And then before that, we were reading a horse. Um, basically, my daughter loves to ride horses, so my friend said that she could ride her horse and I could read the horse. The horse's mother came through to give me a message for the daughter, which was my friend's horse. <laughs> and I could Sorry. see, it's crazy, right? Yeah. I could see the mom <laughs> spirit in the corner of the barn. I told her where it was. And the horse knew. The horse was looking in the corner. It started jumping and neighing, all excited. Aww. It was their reunion. Uh-huh. It was so amazing. Aww. So really interesting. I mean, and then I, I've been reading several animals like after that for people and stuff. And yeah, I even started doing like spirit animal readings, which is not the same, but it's basically like what spirit animal are you like what animals kind of coming through for you today to help you in your journey today and they're all kind of like for people who have high anxiety and stress mm. get overwhelmed easily stuff like that that will lift you up and give you energy so mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting mm. but i'm like oh this is really i think that was like kind of a sign like i can help people through these many different ways of with these animals mm-hmm. i believe I, everything I, happens for a reason you know it does i interviewed somebody really early on in the podcast who actually owns a, she, she's an Arabian horse person and literally owns a ranch and they had a pig. The pig's name was Edna June and Edna <laughs> June still comes back. Edna is, she's like the, it's a great story. And of course that was a couple, a year or two ago, but anyway, it was okay. Edna June still comes back and she's like the guardian of the ranch. Yeah, I really do believe that. It's funny how you said Arabian horses too, because that's where my daughter goes in Troy. And she rides there and that owner, her name is Tammy. She lets me go around and kind of do some stuff. Cause she's like, do you read horses? Cause I always need someone, mm-hmm. um, you know, with of the horse is like, you know, ailing in some way, you know, she needs to know so she can call the vet. Mm-hmm. So she kind of has let me practice and do some stuff, but mostly she has tons of bossy dogs and they're always <laughs> around her because she's in the, you know, they're like out there in the wild, you know, so they get killed like 
weird freakish ways. She has all these Aussie dogs around her. I'm like, you have like 10 alive ones, but you got 10 of them who are around you <laughs> that are gone, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I can do the horses, but these dogs are taking over all the time. And she's like, that's so funny. I, I really, you know, find that so amusing. And she's like, yeah, I can believe it, right? You know, because they're your pets and you're, they're, you know, that that's their mommy and best friend. And so it's very interesting though. I mean, it is I really interesting with my cat coming to me because I lived, I'm this, I've lived here for three years, mm-hmm. but my cat Aspen died in the other house. And one night I was just sitting in the bed and watching TV. I was like, I had the house to myself. Very rare. Very rare. <laughs> so I was really enjoying my, like, you know, like my time where I could watch something that had curse words in it, you know, some, you know, like a reality <laughs> show or something like, I don't have to worry about this. Okay. Like, you know, watch a show that they can't watch. Right. So. <laughs> I was sitting there watching the show and I felt like, boom, like something popped on the bed. And it felt like when she used to get on my bed and she was walking just this way that she walked right up to me, sat down right beside me, like against my thigh. And the whole bed come like where, where she sat and lied, compressed to Aww. her body. Aww. And I could feel her against me. And it only lasted a bit. But I just said, hi, Aspen. And I just, you know, like pretended to kind of pet her and I couldn't feel anything. But... Another night, two two months later, the same thing happened, but I was was taking a nap during the day. It just didn't feel well. And I rolled over and because she was purring in my ear and I just I took you know, like how you kind of wrap your arm around and you don't know because you're half asleep. And I felt the fur and I just curled up and you know, held her and fell back asleep. I was kinda unconscious. So I woke up and I'm like, Well, where is she? Where am I? What's going on? You know, because I remembered that. Uh-huh. She wasn't there. So it's very interesting how they'll come to you. Oh, I, I, yeah. I think I told that story, but I don't know if it was with you. I had that, uh, an occurrence like that with a cat. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, yeah, because I felt that cat right on my, where he always slept right on the top of my head. And yeah, you know, so I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, when you're saying this, I'm going, yeah, I've had it happen. Not like you have once I had it happen. You can't really document it. But, you know, the bed compressing is a pretty good documentation of it. I know. That was really insane. Mm -hmm. I just sat there and wonder, like, you know, how you're like, your mind is trying to wrap your mind around. Is this happening? Like, is this real? Where is everybody when I need them? Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'm going to, before we shut down here, I'm going to say great stories, great stories. You are always such a joy to have on this show. (laughs) Thank you. This concludes today's podcast. And I want to thank you so much, Rosella. Now, you get to tell people where we can, where they can find your work and you. Okay. Okay, so yeah, my book is called The Haunting of 2095, and please look it up on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million, but Amazon's easier. Just type in The Haunting of 2095, and you can buy it straight from then there, and uh, basically my a haunted travel blog. Basically, you can be just type that into to Yahoo or Google. It'll come right up. But the myhauntedtravelblog.blogspot.com. Find me Twitter and Facebook underneath Rosella C. Rao. It's R-O-W-E. Some people say Rao. You know, you can find me at those places. And then I have the podcast, A Haunting Good Time Radio Show. Yep. I'm always yep. messing it up. And you can type that into and it will come up. But I'm on Spotify. I'm on you know, Anchor. So easy to find, easy to find on any of those Facebook or Twitter, you'll find them too. Awesome. And I post a new blog every two weeks. I'm trying to get the podcast up and running again because my kids are home now for summer. So my time's limited, mm-hmm. but I'm trying. Uh, write me and if you want a reading, you basically you can find me too at readings at Ro- um, by Rosella on Facebook too. Fun, fun. Great. <laughs> oh, look at all those places. I know I'm doing too much. <laughs> well, you know, I we just. Feel. 
pack it in because you never know, right? Yeah, and we're too creative, you know. It, yeah, it's ready. It's better, I find, to be busy than not because I can get in right. trouble if I'm not. So anyway, so I want to thank you. I want to say thank you so much, and we will talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to share it with others you think would also be interested. If you'd like to know more about me, go to maryannpoll.com and or authormasterminds.com forward slash mary-ann-poll. Until next time, may the wind always be at your back, the sun on your face, and the good Lord walk beside you.